Hello, welcome to a new podcast for The Lancet Neurology, accompanying our June 2020 issue. So we're talking today about a new piece of research on Huntington's disease, and I have one of the authors, Professor Sarah Tabrizi, joining me today to chat. Professor Tabrizi, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Gavin. I'd like to ask you, what was previously known about people who are at risk for Huntington's disease before they start to have clinical symptoms? So uh, Huntington's disease is an inherited genetic neurodegenerative condition, and we're able to identify people decades before they show signs of the disease because a percentage of those at risk take a predictive genetic test to find out if they carry the gene, which means they'll develop the disease in the future. So Huntington's disease is a really devastating disorder that affects your ability to move, ability to speak. It, you get their patients have progressive dementia and neuropsychiatric problems, and, and death occurs after about 15 years. Before our work, a large body of, of work had studied patients who were at risk of Huntington's disease, including some of our previously published Track HD Lancet Neurology papers. And most of the data had looked at subjects who were 15 years before their predicted symptom onset. And so we could make a prediction about symptom onset based on an, a, a formula involving the age and the CAG repeat length of the mutation. And what we knew before was that from about 15 years before onset, there are structural changes in the brain with loss of the striatum in particular. About 10 years before onset, there's cortical loss. Roughly about 12 to 15 years before onset, there's evidence of cognitive dysfunction and progressive neuropsychiatric symptoms. And so we knew that the disease appeared to show very clear effects of the mutant Huntington protein from about 15 years before predicted onset. What we didn't know is what happens before that. Yeah, so why did you decide to look at people even further before their expected age of clinical onset? I work in neurodegenerative diseases and one of the major focuses of neurodegeneration are potential disease-modifying agents. We're in clinical trials now of antisense oligonucleotide therapy as a potential treatment for Huntington's disease. We're also uh, embarking on gene therapy approaches to remove the toxic mutant Huntington protein. And because we know neurodegeneration begins in the brain, many years before people show signs of the disease, I wanted to try and study a cohort of individuals who had had a genetic test for Huntington's disease with carefully matched controls who were greater than 20 years before predicted onset. So the furthest back that we could go. And uh, this was uh, a very challenging study to recruit. We wanted to recruit people who were very young, 18-year-olds to 30-year-olds, decades before they're expected to show signs of the disease with matched controls. And so it was a challenging study to recruit from and from throughout the UK, mainly because people tend not to have a genetic test when they're very young to find out if they carry the gene. It tends to be much more common in people in their 30s. But the reason that we were very interested in this is that we wanted to know 
when the disease truly began? And was there a period of time when the brain was completely healthy with no signs of the effects of mutant Huntington? Because that was a key question that we did not have an answer for. Yeah, so what types of measure did you look at in the study? We performed what's called a deep phenotyping of the cohort. We did everything that you can think of. We did 3T MRI with advanced neuroimaging methods to look at the brain structure. We looked at iron levels. We looked at myelin. We did a functional MRI to look at how the function of their brain was. We did a large battery of cognitive tests, a large battery of neuropsychiatric tests. We took blood and cerebral spinal fluid to look at biomarkers of neurodegeneration and, and also looking at levels of mutant Huntington. Every possible investigation that could be done was done in this cohort in state-of-the-art neuroimaging and uh, biofluid analysis, as well as a very detailed and challenging cognitive and psychiatric battery. It was two days of testing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty comprehensive. So I guess the key question then is, um, which of these tests were different between people who were at risk of Huntington's disease and those that weren't? So I think the really important result from our study is we show a real trajectory of the disease. What we found and the most important result is that we have been able to identify the optimal time to treat Huntington's disease. And the reason for that is there were in the cohort that were on average 24 years before their predicted onset of disease, so a very long time before they're expected to show signs. They had a mean age of 29 years old. And what we found is that all of their thinking tests, all of the cognition, all of the neuropsychiatric battery showed absolutely no difference from the uh, matched controls. And I think this is hugely important. It tells us that we have identified a time when there there's absolutely no functional impairment. And I think really importantly, we also did not find any evidence of overt brain atrophy. We didn't find evidence of white matter changes. The myelin uh, changes were normal. And what we did find is that the subjects uh, that carried the Huntington gene tended to have a slightly smaller putamen uh, than the matched controls. And what was interesting about this result is that it didn't correlate with years to onset. It didn't correlate with measures of neurodegeneration. And it suggested that this could be a potentially a neurodevelopmental change that occurs in people who carry the Huntington's gene, but that actually doesn't cause them any problems but maybe the reason that the striatum is more vulnerable in later life, which is a very important finding. The other important finding is that I think we've identified the earliest neurodegeneration that occurs. And we measured the levels of a protein called neurofilament light in the CSF and blood of patients. And what we found in CSF is the closer to onset, roughly about 20 to 22 years before onset, the levels of CSF neurofilament began to rise. 
And this is a marker of neuronal injury. It's a very subtle marker, but we begin to see the earliest changes of neurodegeneration. And that's in the context of an essentially normal brain and completely normal function. So it looks like it's the very earliest marker of neuronal injury. And interestingly, 53% of the cohort had normal CSF neurofilament light and 80, over 80% 80 of the cohort had normal plasma neurofilament. And so what that tells us is, is in, the, in a subset, we began to uh, see changes in neurofilament, which I think represents the earliest marker of neurodegeneration. And is telling us that this is occurring about 20 to 22 years before onset. I think the biggest finding from the study that I want to emphasize, however, is that this was a subtle increase and of, I think it's going to be important that it may be useful to test the effectiveness of disease-modifying therapies. But I think the important result is that we have found a time when people function completely normally, their brain is healthy, and that actually this is what I think is the best time to treat to theoretically prevent the disease ever occurring because the brain is completely functioning normally. So is that the major implication, would you say, then, that you've, you've discovered this time that the treatment is uh, the best time possible for treatment? Yes, and I think for neurodegenerative diseases, it tells you that there's a point decades before onset when the brain function is completely normal, cognition is completely normal, behaviour is completely normal, the brain structure is completely normal, and that this would represent a time to initiate therapies that could delay or prevent any further neurodegeneration while function is in, intact. And that's something we have not been able to, to really understand in neurodegeneration before, or indeed in Huntington's disease. So I think that I agree. I think I, that's what I think is the main message is that we've identified a time that's the truly optimal time to treat to completely prevent any neurodegeneration occurring. So were there any important limitations to this study? One of the potential limitations is that we studied 130 people in total, half were HD gene carriers and half were con matched controls. Clearly, if we had studied larger numbers, we may have found subtle changes, but we were powered to detect the changes that we had identified. And I think it was a challenging study to recruit because not many young people have a genetic test to find out if they carry the gene in the future. It tends to be people slightly later in life. I think the main limitation is study size. And the other limitation is that this was a single cross-sectional time point. And I think importantly, we want to bring the, the participants back and see how these, uh, see what, if we can detect any changes over time or whether any of the measures alter uh, with, as the disease progresses. And so I think longitudinal follow-up will be really important. Yeah, so what are you planning to, uh, to research next in this area? So what we want to do in this cohort is to plan to bring the cohort back. We want to try and uh, identify what happens after a period of three to four years. And then... My goal is, and the goal of really all of my research, is to try and help find and test 
effective disease-modifying therapies for a really devastating genetic disorder. This is an enormous step forward because we've identified a time when function, behavior, and the brain is essentially normal. That means even though you carry the Huntington gene, you there is a long period before the effects of mutant Huntington really start to show. And I think it really gives me great hope and excitement because if we can do clinical trials of Huntington lowering therapies like antisensorolytic nucleotides or gene therapy in subjects decades before onset, we may be able to just help keep the brain completely healthy, which I think is for a neurodegenerative disease is our greatest hope uh, at true prevention. Yes, that's, um, that's remarkable. And uh, what a comprehensive study. And um, you can read it, of course, in this month's Lancet Neurology. That's June 2020. Professor Tabrizi, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.